Hey, SCS Student Ministries, Devin here, bringing you our third week of I Have a Question series. Uh, we're going over these big questions that we ask in life when things happen uh, personally to us and just overall throughout the world, right? Um, so a lot of you, we've done this at Youth Group too. We've played quite a bit, actually. Um, have it out all the time, but we have that uh, big Jenga tower that we play all the time. Um, and I'm going to relate a little bit of what we're starting with to uh, that Jenga, right? In every game of Jenga, it, it's pretty easy to blame who went last, right? Um, it seems like they're the one, like, you think, oh, yeah, I could have gotten one out, right? That someone, whoever messes it up at the end is the is to blame, right? But the truth is their move was simply the last move in a series of moves, right? It's building to that moment the whole way before they ever took their turn. A lot of other people had already taken theirs and each move weakens the tower a bit more until all of a sudden it falls apart. When bad things happen to us and in the world, they often feel unexpected, like a Jenga tower falling over. But sometimes when we dig a little deeper, we begin to see those things aren't as explainable as we first thought. And I can remember a time in my life, I think I've told this story um, at youth group before too, is when I uh, got stranded out in uh, sister, sisters because my car broke down. Um, I mean, that was really, it, it felt like it was like that trip was what caused that issue. But I mean, you look back at what got me to that position and really, uh, first of all, it was a defect in the car. I found out later uh, is what caused the issue that I was having. Um, so and that was something that I could have found if I had researched the car when I had bought it. So first chain was a defect that was made in the car. I uh, was not made aware to me when I purchased a used car. Um, and, and the second chain is I should have done my research, right? If I had done research, then that was um, would have stopped it from there. But no, I didn't do any research. So that's the next chain um, in it. And then pushing it probably farther than I was a little bit maybe over... Um, the, I was planning to get an oil change when I got back because I thought I was like, oh, I should be good for, for this trip. And then when I get back from this, I'm going to have to go in and get it. Um, probably should have done it then. They get, that might have contributed to as well. But it was all these things that added up to me getting stranded um, in Sisters, right? Um, so that's kind of what led up to that crisis, right? It seems sudden, but as I thought about it, I was like, oh, actually, there was a few things, right? In that um, there's plenty of things that happen to us every day that are annoying or frustrating maybe even sad, but every so often something really bad happens either in our personal lives or in the world around us. And some bad things happen and there's no one to blame. There's things like natural disasters, like the fires that we saw last year. Uh, there's death and illness are tragic and painful, but they're also a natural part of life on earth. Uh, we humans all experience pain, loss, age, and death because there's no one to blame. Those things can be or they can feel unfair and confusing, so we blame God a lot of the times. Other bad things occur because of people's actions, and this is where we see things like crime and abuse, uh, shootings, terrorism, and war. These things are pretty obvious causes, but we still wonder why God would let them happen. And there are some bad things that leave us unsure of their cause or who exactly is to blame. There's things like poverty, racism, inequality, division, and societal unrest. Why would God let these things happen as well? Um, so I'm going to ask a few questions like we've been doing. I want you guys to think if this is true for you. So first up, have any of these bad things ever happened to you? 
Have you ever seen one of these bad things happen to someone else? Did any of these those things seem to have happened for no reason at all? And lastly, have you ever wondered why would God let that happen? And a lot of bad things happen in the world and in our lives from national tragedies to natural disasters to personal loss to senseless violence and destruction. And when these things happen, it makes sense to wonder if God is good, why do bad things happen? And we see tragedies all the time, right? We see, we we just got um, done, I mean, we have the day for 9-11 to remember the tragedy that happened there. Um, we Every time there it seems like there's a school shooting, we start bringing up past tragedies that whether it be like Columbine or Sandy Hook or whatever it is, there's different tragedies that we immediately think of. Uh, you can think of different plane crashes. You can think of different wars that have happened and these big tragedies that have gone on. Um, when this happened, a lot of people ask questions like, why did this happen? Was it God's will? Did God make it happen? Why didn't God stop it? Or how can God really be good if these bad things keep happening? And we're not the only ones who've ever wondered why God lets bad things happen. You can see this question addressed all throughout the Bible, uh, from the ancient prophets like Amos all the way to the very last page of the Bible in Revelations. Prophets like Amos are people who were picked by God to tell others what God had to say. And this task was often difficult. Most of the time, these prophets had things to say, but people didn't want to hear them. In Amos, God spoke to the nation of Israel at a time when Israel was experiencing all sorts of terrible disasters like droughts and famines and war and injustice. The people of Israel may have wanted God to give them an explanation or even an apology because of all the bad things happening around them. But instead, God said this through Amos. So we're going to be in Amos chapter 5 verses 10 through 15 and it says, There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil." Seek God, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. So Amos' words may not help us understand why things like death and illness or natural disasters occur, but Amos can help us understand why human-made tragedies and injustice happen and what God has to say about it. First, Amos calls out God's people for their own evil actions and refusal to follow God. He says they turned their backs on God, that they were hypocrites, they acted with greed and selfishness, they took advantage of the poor and the vulnerable, they abused and oppressed others, even as they complained of that happening to themselves, and they allowed injustice to continue. Every wrong thing they did was like another Jenga piece they pulled from their own tower. He's warning them throughout this book that the tragedies happening around you have nothing to do with God's goodness. They have everything to do with your own wickedness. But Amos doesn't leave them there. He calls God's people to choose goodness and justice and love instead. Because if they don't, everything will fall apart. So how can bad things coexist with a good God? The answer often has more to do with the not-so-goodness of people than it does with the goodness of God. 
people are often cruel and unjust and violent. And that's what happens when sinful people have free will. People often do bad things to each other. Amos' words challenge us to consider whether we, as God's people, are guilty of harming others. If we believe God is good, then our lives should display God's goodness to others. When we fail to do even that, we have to be honest about how we've contributed to the hurt and pain around us, and then we're called to make it right. As God's people, we're called to right wrongs when bad things happen. It's not enough to simply wish away suffering or wait for God to handle it. We have to ask why that suffering exists and do something to address it, especially if we caused it or helped it to continue. When bad things happen, people always want to know, why did God let this happen? But, uh, but God asks us a different question. Why did my people let this happen? When some people ask how God can be good when so many bad things are happening in the world, they are assuming three different things. First, if God is good, God doesn't want bad things to happen. Two, if God doesn't want bad things to happen, God would stop them from happening. And lastly, so if God doesn't stop bad things from happening, it means God isn't good. But the Bible tells us a different story. In the book of Revelation, we're reminded just how good our God truly is and just how much God wants wrong things to be made right. So we're going to flip all the way to the end of the Bible. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. And it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. So when... So here, God is no longer only talking about the bad things that happen in the world because of human cruelty. In this passage, God is also talking about the hurt we feel from natural causes. One day, God promises there will be no more death, no more mourning, no more pain. God will one day end all pain for all of God's people, and someday bad things will cease to happen at all. But in the meantime, God has chosen to work through you, me, and anyone who follows Jesus to help bring goodness and healing when bad things do happen. So if God is good, why do bad things happen? Bad things happen because people are cruel, sometimes even God's people, but God is still good. God has a plan to one day right every wrong, and in the meantime, God is calling us to help the right, to help right the wrongs around us and even within us. When people choose not to love God and their neighbors, bad things happen. Sometimes those things may only impact a few people. Other times, people's bad choices affect countless people. In the book of Amos, Jesus hadn't arrived on the scene yet. In the book of Revelation, we hear Jesus will one day return to right every wrong. Somewhere between Amos and Revelation came Jesus, and after Jesus came the church. When I say the church, I don't mean a building or Sunday services. I mean the body of Christ, which is the followers of Jesus all over the world. It means our group that meets on Wednesday nights. We are part of that body. We are the church. The mission of the church is to share the good news of Jesus throughout the world. And we can do that in part with our words, 
but we can also do it with our actions when we make wrong things right in Jesus' name. When bad things happen, the church can do better than insisting God is good without ever showing people God's goodness with our actions. The church has a responsibility to be part of the solution. When someone experiences a loss or illness, the church should come alongside them as a support. When natural disasters strike, the church should have money and supplies prepared to help. When injustice leaves a community impoverished, the church should be finding ways to help support them. When someone is experiencing homelessness, the church should help provide them with food and clothes. And when we see injustice in the world, we can't throw up our hands, get overwhelmed, or look the other way. The church should be working to understand how that Jenga tower of injustice was built and then work to repair it. When the church discovers it was it has hurt people or failed to help people when they're hurt, the church should be quick to ask forgiveness and make things right with the people we've hurt or overlooked. As the church and individuals, we have to take Amos' words seriously. Hate evil, love what is good. So there's a few ways that we do that. First, we look to God. Thank God for being good, even when things are not. Ask God to help you be more aware of the bad things happening in the world and in the lives of others. Then ask for wisdom and courage to help address those things. Number two, look within. Ask God to examine your heart and mind and show you the ways you've caused others harm. Ask how you failed to show God's goodness to others or ignored injustice around you or participated in hurtful or unjust things. Then ask how you can help make it right. And lastly, look ahead. Think about how you and the church can partner with God to dismantle evil and rebuild goodness, not just when something tragic happens, but every day, because there's always more work to do. So what can you do? What can you learn more about? Who can you partner with? And what new thing might you be able to start? Maybe it has to do with poverty or hunger. Uh, and that can be globally or locally. Maybe it's um, racism or other forms of prejudice and oppression. Maybe it's a friend that's hurting. Maybe it's someone who's being bullied at school. Maybe it's recovery after a national natural disaster. Maybe it's comfort for people who are mourning or terminally ill. Or lastly, whatever else God puts on your heart, it could be anything. Even if you've never asked the question, if God is good, why do bad things happen? You know someone who has. With so much evil in the world and so many things that cause us pain, the world needs hope. And there is hope in the good news of Jesus and God's promise to one day make wrong things right. Now it's up to God's people to show the world God's goodness through our words and our actions. And when we do, it's easier to see just how God good, or how good God is, even when everything has fallen apart. Over and over in the Bible, we see that this is true. God loves us. God has a plan to make wrong things right. And God's people are part of that plan. So the next time that you wonder if God is good and why do bad things happen, remember to ask a new question. When bad things happen, how can we show the world God's goodness? Hope you guys uh, have some good takeaways from this week. I'm excited to finish up this series uh, next week. Uh, should be a good end to what we've been uh, studying and discussing uh, on Wednesday nights. All right, I'll see you then.